wife and my wife, but they were in Batman movies. Needs to move. 
to affect our relationships. But over time, the gospel should also affect the things that we don't see. Who we are in the dark. D.L. Newton said that character is who you are in the dark, when no one can see you. Hopefully the gospel affects that as well. We continue to sin, yes, because we have a sin nature. But we also continue to sin because we don't allow the gospel to penetrate certain parts of our heart and mind. While the goal of never sinning again is never realized until Christ returns and gives us a new body, the goal now is to become more and more holy like Christ. And that only happens by bringing the gospel deeper and deeper and deeper. So when we go through the book of Acts from beginning to end, we read sermon after sermon where the gospel is presented to more and more people. So one smart question might be, what are the apostles presenting as the essential elements of the gospel? Today in Sunday school, you will look at chapters 10 through 12, and you'll read about a sermon that Peter delivered to a group of Gentiles, one family in particular. And today I want to look at that sermon and to pull the essence out of what Peter preached as the gospel. Because we can never be too full of the gospel. We also need a, a quality understanding of what the gospel is, so that when you, were, when you and I are presented with the chance to preach the gospel to someone else, we do so with clarity and understanding. So what are the things outlined for us throughout the New Testament apostolic early church circles? Well, the first one is this. Peter began to speak. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism but accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. If you grew up with the King James Version, where you did a part of the Bible spelling most of your life, you've probably heard the uh, more well-known translation of the first sentence there. God is no respecter of persons. That doesn't mean God is not respecting That means that God is not so favorite. Peter is actually saying this because of what just happened to you, which was this. A man named Cornelius was a man with a god fear. What this means is that he wasn't a Jew because he was a Greek. He wasn't a Jew, so he uh, did pray, almost giving names that he gave before, <coughs> but he, he didn't worship God as a Jew would in the temple, with animal sacrifices, certain kind of prayer. He may have had a working knowledge of the Hebrew scripture, but it wasn't going to be as deep as a Jew would have. He didn't have animal sacrifices, didn't do the Mosaic law. But it's very clear he was a good guy. He paid his taxes, raised his kids, loved his wife. And God doesn't notice these things, as the scripture tells us, regardless of who does them. This is the innate sense of justice that we all have. When we see someone neglecting their kids, it makes us mad. Why is that? It's the image of God says. When we see someone staying with their spouse through all the trials of life, we respect that life. It's the image of God. So for Cornelius, it didn't matter to God if he was a Jew or a Greek, or a Greek or a He was someone that God had made his image. So, so there was this spark of the divine in Cornelius as well. And Cornelius was given a vision. An angel appeared to him to tell him that God had noticed their good deeds. They have not gone all this or not. And he's heard your prayers. So you need to send someone to go get a guy named Peter and bring him back with you, who apparently he had never heard of, of Peter. And, as a good guard, 
So second, the good news, the gospel, says that the end result of God reconciling all men to himself through Jesus Christ, Lord of all. By being Lord of all, he's the only Lord. Through Christ does God offer this peace to himself. This is only necessary because there was this rift and brokenness between God. This is the effect of our sin. The holy God cannot welcome sinners into a holy What kind of justice would that be? Someone had to get between God and us to pay for what we had done. The truth is that we cannot have too high a view of our sin. For those of us who want to pay for sin, we can pay God back for our sin by doing good works and being good people afterwards. We volunteer for everything. We give away all our money. We have an answer for everything. But these are all just attempts to pay back what God paid for your sin. The rub, though, is that no matter how hard you try after so long, that the grief doesn't go away for your sin. You can grieve all you want, but it never goes away. You can't possibly give away enough money to fully grieve the effect of your sin. You can't give away enough man hours to grieve the full effect of your sin. Why is this? Because we have no idea how deep our sin really goes. And that's why we have to hear the gospel over and over. The Bible calls it our sin nature. It's our nature to sin. Only God knows the depth and the height and length of our sin. But the gospel is that it is fully matched by the mercy of God and the length of death God sent someone else in our place to grieve our sin. God himself came to the flesh to offer peace between himself. So while our very nature is sinful, he paid the price for it, so we do not have That's why it's necessary. Thirdly, now, once we know the gospel is for all people, and that we need it to restore the peace between God and us, we need to know what the message actually is. Peter says this, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil, because God did. We are witnesses of everything he did in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They killed him and hanged him on a cross, but God raised him to the dead on the third day and caused him to be saved. The gospel is the message. That Christ was crucified, buried, and raised. Christ ministered that the Christian good news that peace will be made possible between God and men. And then at the end of his ministry, the peace was then offered up by him giving up his life on the cross. Christ was the person that God took between himself and us to mediate our peace. To this very day, in this very moment, we're told in 1 Timothy 5 that Christ is our mediator, constantly praying for us. On our that tells me that if Christ sees the need to constantly pray for me on my behalf, I must still need the gospel preached to my heart and mind daily. And because Christ continues to pray for us on our behalf, our salvation is secure. You cannot pray for me on Christ is praying for Your salvation is secure. Christ was resurrected so that he could be the beginning of the resurrection of all. He's the first one. By faith in what he's done in our place, he secured a resurrection for us into God's kingdom. We become holy because Christ put himself in our place. The resurrection means that he truly is in heaven at God's right hand. 